Welcome to the Black and Green Podcast. It's your go-to place to find the latest high-quality, all-natural products created by Black artisans. Hosted by yours truly, Dr. Kristen H., the founder of Black and Green, we'll discuss all things health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love. This podcast features a refreshing lineup of guests, from entrepreneurs and artisans to holistic lifestylists and clean beauty experts, and a plethora of other innovators within the wellness industry. Join me as we learn from the best of the best. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining the Black and Green podcast. I'm so excited to have a new artisan here to talk with me today. I'm so excited and blessed at the way Black and Green is growing and how we keep adding on new Black women entrepreneurs and brands. That gives me so much joy to just see how Black women are taking over the space in the health world. And so today we're going to talk with Adrena. Adrena, can you introduce yourself? Hi, um, thank you so much, first of all, for having me on. Um, this is a great honor. I've been following Black and Green for quite some time now. Um, so it's really great to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. Um, so how can I describe myself? I always describe myself as a designer and a creator, um, you know, fashion designer, but my day job is web designer. And then I'm just a black creative <laughs> in that, in that respect. So, um, yeah, so I started out in the apparel space and then moved um, incorporated the beauty uh, products into my brand. Um, I own a sustainable lifestyle brand called um, Adrena Fenor. And I started that when I was living in New York, in Brooklyn, New York, um, in about, I think around 2012. Um, and then fast forward past COVID, I revamped and brought in some beauty products and started with vegan nail polish and going to be moving into more makeup and things like that. But um, yeah, most of most of my life has just been designing and um, building a lifestyle brand around uh, sustainability and green living, slow living, um, health and wellness, and just kind of incorporate all of that into, um, you know, apparel and beauty products. Mm, I love that. When you say slow living, what does that mean? That's the first time I've heard that. Oh, goodness. So slow living. Um, I don't know when the term started, but I do know that because, um, you know, there's all these buzzwords. But this is the one that I like the most. Mm-hmm. Um, buzz living. Remi- I'm mean, sorry. Slow living reminds me of when I grew up. I grew up in South Carolina, rural South Carolina. And that was the epitome of slow living. Mm-hmm. It's it's I grew up. My grandmother, we had a huge garden, huge garden in the backyard. Um, and it was truly farm to table. It's, it's growing your own food. It can be, you know, um, eating healthy. It could be taking time for yourself, taking rest, um, getting sleep, uh, exercise and things like that. It's just to me it's anything that promotes overall high quality of life. Mm. And that doesn't always mean money. Um, for the most part, it means living a peaceful, um, healthy life, like mm. mind, body, and soul. So you, you're nurturing your spiritual, you're nurturing the mind, the body, the physical, all of those things so that you can just kind of live in like this harmony 
uh, throughout your life. It's almost like living intentionally. Yes. And not grinding and not hustling. It's like living smooth. Yes. And as someone who lived in New York for 12 years, I love New York. Don't get me wrong. I love New York. Um, I really do want to go back one day. But that there was something about when I left there after 12 years and came back south where I was like, oh, my God, I have been like going, going, going (laughs) for a long time. And like you really don't when you're in it, you don't know the effect it has on you. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes you're not so intentional. Like you're intentional about um, accomplishing your goals, but you neglect the other parts mm-hmm. of the aspects of your life um, because you're just hustling so hard. And that's a lot. It is It is very taxing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, being intentional is a huge part of it. Like you really have to say, I'm going to rest today. I am not going to do anything. (laughs) And when you're making that your intention to rest, to live a soft life, to live a gentle life, how does starting your brand fit into that picture of softness and gentleness? Yeah. So um, initially when I started it, it was started out of a hustle mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so some things pivoted, um, and the boutiques at that time that I was in had my products in, had um, went out of business for whatever reason. And then I started to really think about what do I want this brand to represent? Mm-hmm. Um, do, do I just want to be another it brand or do I want to have a genuine, authentic um story behind it and and what does it stand for Uh so I really had to think about that again and so when I went to revamp it uh COVID hit and so I had to stop for a second and but that was a blessing in disguise because I really I don't know it was something about COVID that was a gift and a curse that when we saw as many people you know transitioned and people getting sick and people losing jobs and all of the, cause I was one of the people who lost my job. I left New York because of that. And it was something that made me put life in a different perspective, kind of like perspective. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, you really need to think about this brand now. Like, what is it? It came to a point. It was just like, what is it you wanted to stand for? Mm-hmm. And that was it. It has to stand for something unless I'm not doing this. And what is it stand um, for? It stands for, um, it stands for a very high quality of life. Mm-hmm. I think that is very important. Um, and by that, I mean, when you look at my products, they're sustainable. So what, what I sell is, you know, is not harmful to you. It hasn't harmed anyone, any animal or anything, um, in the process of being made, um, even when you think about the apparel, I um, use factories that practice, you know, ethical, mm-hmm. you know, habits and fair wages and things like that. And these are things also that I learned just working in the fashion industry in New York City too for years, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and then and then also just the media and the messages that I put out, whether that's in marketing or whatever, it's always a story. It's always something that people can relate to on a, on a basic human level. Mm -hmm. 
however that is, you know? And so I always wanted to stand for something where you, you see my brand, you see, okay, I know that from conception of these products to, to the store, this brand has really put a lot of thought into the consumer, um, the planet, <laughs> and then, and just overall, overall um, wellness and quality of life. Absolutely. So it's like what I'm hearing is that you're creating a lifestyle brand of softness and of, of luxury and high quality and being gentle um, to the environment, the planet. How did that translate into your first product being a nail polish? Why was a nail polish kind of where you want to start in your product creation process? Right. So nail polish, listen, out of all the beauty products, I love nail polish. I have an ungodly amount of nail polish <laughs> in my collection. <laughs> um, but nail polish is a representation of growing up as a little girl in the South and having to, I guess you can say, abide by certain uh, aesthetics for, you know, to, to present femininity, right? Uh-huh. So, it, it, you know, I grew up around a lot of aunts, mom, grandmother, and everything is like, you know, you want to be presentable. You want look at your nails. Get your nails. And then, like and it was this one thing that's my mother. My mother's really big Tuesday. Really big on um, look at your nails. You never have your nails like this. Do your nails. Do your nails. And so uh, nail polish just became my thing because that's just that was just a thing that that was ingrained um, in you. It was ingrained in me. It really is. And to this day, when my nails get out of hand, I'm like, oh, I better go get my nails done. I better do something with my nails. Um, but that, but it's a representation of a part of like that culture, the Southern culture I grew up in and how a woman should behave, present herself, just the overall aesthetic of just femininity and, and living a soft life. Like, you know, it's, it's almost a, you know, when people go get their nails done, they think of it as, hey, I'm t- it's like a, a luxury for me. Like, this is my this is my own little luxury, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to always look like I'm walking into Chanel paying two, $3,000 for a purse. It's, I'm t- I took some time for myself to go get my nails done, to go get a manicure, to go get a pedicure. So it's also that representation, too, of having, like, that little piece of luxury. So I just, I just thought that nail polish would be a great way to start off. Um, and then just kind of build from there. Mm, I love that. That kind of the intention behind what you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like your nail polish was unique and different in some ways? What makes it stand out? Because you said to yourself you have an insanely amount of nail polish. <laughs> so what makes yours different? What makes it better than what exists out there currently? So this uh, nail polish that I love I loved so much, when I first... Uh, you know, like just tried it for myself. It was very opaque. Usually when you have nail polish, you have to put on like several coats to like get a very like solid color. Um, But with this, really one coat is good. Um, I'm just a person who always put two coats anyway, but it's it's very opaque and it has a really good quality. Um, But also I chose very specific colors. 
mm. to start the first co- collection. And that has the story behind it as well. Um, I, I chose colors that one was what I think represents black womanhood, black womanhood. Okay. So, you know, I have like this red and this red, I call it silk rouge, <laughs> but it's really red. Uh, and an orange that is called Blaze Barbie and Flamingo, which is like a very vibrant pink. So all three of those colors are very, very bold and it, they really stand out against our skin tones, right? No matter what, whether you're a lighter shade of, you know, melanin all the way down to darker shade, it's really bold. And, I, and I've always seen black women as that. Mm. Even if you look back into like vintage era, 30s, 40s, 50s, like black women have always had like this boldness and... Um, kind of confidence, head held high, no matter what they're going through, you know, we've always had that, always. And so I just thought those colors were, um, those specific colors were a very good representation of black womanhood. Um, and then there are, you know, reasons for the other colors as well, so. Perfect, perfect. So it's like you were trying to embody a feeling and a yeah. thought in the, the colors that you selected. To yes. represent boldness. Yes. And, and to represent every aspect of Black womanhood, right? So we okay. have that boldness, but we also have a very softness to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another part of us that's like, we're bosses, like we can get it done. Yes. But then also, you know, there, you know, some of us, um, I don't have children, but some of us like motherhood, like things like that. We like, we're so multifaceted. It's just, yes. that's I what think I'm thinking of. It's like, as you're talking, we're multifaceted. We are very multifaceted, you know? And, and even though I don't have children, there are children in my family. So mm-hmm. there's still like a certain level of maternal, uh, instinct I have to have when I'm watching them or, you know, you know, things like that. Absolutely. So, um, and I feel like all those things, Oh, and not to mention, we set the trend, right? So <laughs> I feel like all those things represent a color. And so th- that's why I chose like the colors in that collection that I did. Yes. I love precious metals. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I have a friend who loves it too. So I chose that color. Can I just tell you really quick? Yes, please. Do. I chose that color. So precious, for those of you who don't know, precious metals is, uh, is black mixed with metallic. I guess coloring you would say um but it looks very cosmic I chose that color for the spiritual side of Uh black women because we are very in tune with God the universe our spirituality and I just felt like oh this is this is the color that would (laughs) that would definitely represent us um and, and just, I don't know, it's just, it just reminds me of like the stars and the moon and the sky. And um, yeah, I just, I just felt like black women just have, we just really connect to those things. Mm, so that. Um, that was the color. That's the reason why I chose that color. Okay. It's very unique. Yeah. <laughs> very unique. I think that's the reason I was drawn to it. It's like, oh, this is not something I'm used to seeing. Right. Right. In a way. Now we will pause for a moment of meditation with Dr. Crystal Jones. So wherever you are right now, just take a moment to be. Be in your awareness, be in your truth, be in your wholeness. 
Allow yourself to show up as light, dark, and every shade of gray in between. Feeling your presence, experiencing your truth. Finding your breath. And instead of directing her, listen to her. Ask her where she wants to spend more time and spend more time there. Ask her where she's stuck and go into the experience of why. Be in this breath, be in this movement, and continue to cultivate this experience through the rest of your day. Honoring that your truth and whatever you show up as is always enough. You are perfection and excellence personified. Anything that tells you that you're anything else no longer serves you. Now we're back from the meditation. Can you please tell us what's next for your brand? What do you have coming down the pipeline? Yes, yeah, so I am working with a supplier to um, create foundation. But specifically, like, I, not just any foundation, like just something that um, can maybe, you know, it's, it's for aesthetics, but it's also solving other problems, right? Whether that be maybe hyperpigmentation or, you know, sunscreen added, things like that. So I'm really working like diligently to kind of like put together like this formula to where, um, you know, I can have a foundation that is not all that's also vegan, but you know, it, it also solves other problems as well. Yeah. You know, of um, course, that was going to be my question. Will it be non-toxic? Will it make sure yeah. ingredients in it? Like that's really important. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Every, actually every beauty product that, um, I will ever make, <laughs> I, it will always be vegan. It would always be vegan. Um, and, and I use the pro- those products myself mm. um, because of the type of skin that I have. And so, um, yeah, it, it will always be vegan. You say it will always be vegan a couple of times. Like, that's coming from your heart. Tell, yeah. tell me more about that. Why is that such an important commitment and dedication that you have? So this is the thing. Um, I feel like, so so people always say, oh, vegan products, vegan products. Like, it's new. Um, we actually, I mean, our parents and grandparents grew up in a very organic lifestyle. Yeah. Everything was, <laughs> everything was. So it's, it's not that for black women anyway, it's not that it's, um, I guess I could say I'm coming back to it, mm. you know, like, cause we did, we left, we left for a little while, but you know, um, and I just feel like we were, for lack of better words, I guess better off in some senses mm-hmm. when we were living this organic, again, slow living mm-hmm. um, lifestyle where every everything was just was just pure and organic. Like mm-hmm. even now, I asked you know my mother and I we have these conversations and she talks about um, some beauty products that they use as children whether it's on their hair, skin, whatever it is, she'll say, oh, girl, that was, that's just some old <laughs> whatever it is that we used to put on our skin. 
And it worked. Mm-hmm. They never have issues. They never had issues, you know. And during that time, it was nowhere near as much, much technology and things that we have now. And they were fine. Yep, absolutely. They were fine. And so I just feel that's why it's from the heart, because, you know, I know what my grandmother used mm-hmm. for her, you know, whether she had a skin issue mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And why not? Why can't we go back to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Why can't we be in tune with where we were? Because it seems as if we're being pulled away and I'm hearing a commitment. It's like, no, no, we got this. And so I'm yeah. <laughs> what we've been doing instead of trying to buy into the narrative, what they're telling us we need to be. And so I like that. I like that. Right. And then, and then, of course, I think a lot of it is um, capitalism, too. Like, we live in a capitalist society. So, uh, you know, people say follow the money. Everything goes back to money. And um, I just think money has always been important, don't get me wrong. But I just think with our community, though, mm-hmm. we historically don't we don't come from wealth. Nope. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, even if you're talking about... We, like enslaved Africans came here. So historically, we never had wealth in America like that. Uh-huh. So we had our only choice was to go organic uh-huh. in everything that we did. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, that's that's a lot of it. And now it's just, you know, as, as the country, you know, progressed over the years and centuries, it's just money, money, money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell this thing to you to tell you that it will immediately take away your hyperpigmentation or it will immediately get rid of pimples. You know, whatever it is, it goes back to money. And then you see all of these studies, too, sometimes where um, some of these products cause like cancer in the long run or whatever it is. Absolutely. That's why Black Greens existed. Yes. All these products they were throwing at us. Mm-hmm. All this problem is going to solve this problem. All these studies say this connected to cancer. This is connected to these hormone issues. All this stuff is being thrown at us, but it's cheap at the store when you go get it. And so that's where black and green is existing. It's going to be a place where you can find natural, non-toxic, all natural products that are not connected to these adverse health conditions. Right. Exactly. And it's weird because it's like a whole circle, right? Yep. So it causes the cancer. Yep. And what and what does black people suffer from in healthcare system? Health disparities. Mm-hmm. So even if you go get healthcare for this issue, look how you're being treated. Like you're being, you know, mm-hmm. misdiagnosed. You know, you're not receiving the same level of treatment and care. So it's, it's just so full circle to me. Yep. And I know that's kind of like off the deep end, but like I actually had time to like sit down and think about it during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just. Um, it's just, I don't know, just really interesting. It's really interesting. So yeah, that that's why going, like having vegan products and trying to be as much organic and natural as I can with my brand is extremely important to me. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. That's why I was drawn to black and green. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, I'm glad that we're here serving, um, black women, we're trying to increase their access to non-toxic, all-natural products that are created by Black women. Because we know how difficult it can be for Black-owned brands to get traction. Yes. So we just want to be a resource, help you get traction, and help 
black women find these products. But at the end of the day, it's not about money. Um, black and Green was trying every, very hard to stay in business because we do not make nothing. But mm-hmm. that's not why we do it. Like We do it for our customers to find non-doctor products. We do it for the artisans to get access to their brands. For example, you push it so more people know about it. We don't do it for the money. Right. Yeah, we don't do it right. for the money. I think a lot of black women who own businesses are like that in general. Um, Cause we just typically like, we'll see an issue and you can check it out the list. Like we're going to find a solution yep. for it. So Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We sure will. Is there anything else you want to share a question I didn't ask that you think I should have asked? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, I don't think so. This is really good. It was like conversation style. So, absolutely. Yeah. Like two girlfriends talking. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have one more question. I just thought of it. Okay. I want to ask you what has been your biggest challenge? Like, what has been the biggest hurdle you've had to overcome that you're trying to work through? What's been your biggest challenge so far? Oh, my goodness. So many. Um, but if I had to choose one, it would be. Um, I guess not necessarily brand awareness, but the marketing aspect of uh-huh. it. Um, because marketing for people who don't know, it takes a lot of money yep. to to truly like invest in a solid marketing plan and execute it. Uh-huh. it. It takes a lot of money, and so when you're a small business, you don't have you're you're not Target. You know what I mean? You're not. Ulta and all of these other big name brands. So um, you have to get very, very creative uh, in your marketing. And so I would just say that would probably be the, the biggest hurdle. Um, I have been fortunate enough to hire someone to at least help me along with like with strategies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when you're when you're a small business, you're everything. You're the CEO, you're the yep. social media manager, you're the <laughs> you're yep. everything. Um and so, yeah, I would say probably the marketing is, is the was the hardest. Yeah, it can be so hard. Um, I, I've heard that marketing and brand awareness for new brands can be difficult. That's part of what Black and Green is trying to do is to help you market your brand, um, to help people know about your brand. And so we're excited to be a part of the solution to helping with your marketing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for this. Well, thank you so much for being a part of Black and Green. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you tune in for our next podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Black and Green podcast. Did you have more questions for our special guest? Please leave your questions in the comment section. Also, check us out at blkgrn.com. Please subscribe and comment. We love hearing from you. Until next time, buy black and live green.